You're watching Meet the Movie Press. And coming up, we're going to be talking about James Bond 25, Comic-Con, Anne Hathaway's Barbie, and all of last week's hottest trailers like Ready Player One, Justice League, Thor. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning and welcome back, Simon. Thank I have you. missed you, big Thank guy. You. Did you really, though? I did. I oh. s- tr- trust me. You don't. You don't even know. Okay. You yes. Did. Well, it's nice to be back. I, I lit a candle in your honor. Um, it was a D twenty three first Friday, and then yeah. last week, uh, little thing, comic con. We're gonna cover all of that, yeah. but first, I am Jeff Snyder, your host, who is here. You know. Holding the fort. Exactly. Holding the, the fort down. Editor-in-chief yeah. of the tracking board, tracking-board.com. Find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at the Insnider. With me again, reunited, is Simon Tom. That's oh, me. Sorry, I forgot I was still here. Yeah, uh, yeah Simon Thompson. <laughs> you can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. And there's the Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. And with us today, you know him as El Mayimbe, Umberto Gonzalez from The Rap, the ace scooper himself uh, on the Comic-Con post-show. This is pretty big. What's good? <laughs> Meet the movie press nation. Wah, 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 wah. All right. Uh, well, What's we have, good is very broad. What's well, popping, I mean, baby? Tacos, are they great? Um, tacos are great. I, I just tacos. learned how to make tacos, by the way. <laughs> um, come on by sometime. I'll cook for you guys. Uh, all right. We have a lot to cover. So okay, let's start with Comic-Con. You guys had very different experiences. Yeah. Uh, you both kind of have different agendas down there. Uh, why, don't you, why don't we start with you, Umberto? Well. How was it? It was, I think, the best Good year? Bad yet. year? It was a great year. Are you kidding? See, I'm part of what you call the Comic-Con Cosa Nostra. Oh, yeah. So I've heard about you guys. There's, there's certain gangsters out there that we, we get treated like royalty out there. Um, for the first, this is my first con that I ever brought a girlfriend with me. Uh-huh. You know, Lauren. You're getting her into Supernatural panels, I saw. Yeah, no. She, she, Lauren, uh, Lauren's a big Star Wars fangirl, big Funko Pop fangirl. And she's never been. She asked the network back in March to have off that Friday so she could attend the con that week. And they mm-hmm. also gave her Monday off. She went and had. She's all in. She was emotionally invested. She was crying. Was it better with a girlfriend, or would you have preferred a little bit more freedom so you could bounce around and do more things that you wanted to do? I don't. I've done con for like I think it was thirteen, fourteen years. This is my first time mm-hmm. that I, it was different. I, we had a blast. She 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 took it all in. And you're she, down there covering the big panels. Yeah, I, I went on the. To cover Fox, Marvel, DC, all the film stuff, and and, and you hit the floor as well. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, we hit the floor. You know those galleries like the uh, 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 celebrities in disguise or cool cosplay. Sure. There's a bunch of cool cosplay. Like Mc, there was a cool costumes there, like McDor, Taco Bell. Get it? You know the bell. Uh, yes. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of that. <laughs> uh, the party scene was it was, was lit. It was lit. Oh my! I went to everything. I had a blast. Well, did you have a favorite party? EW, dude. Okay, Simon. Now, Simon, what did mm. you do down there? At I was I was producing um, a load of TV for Sci-Fi internationally. Oh, uh, Simon, yes. you may have heard of them. So, yes, they're a, they're a tiny, tiny <laughs> little company. Um, yeah, as part of my work with uh, NBC Universal, and um, yeah, it was it was great. So, I focused on mostly some film, but a lot of TV stuff this year, and a lot of the experience stuff because it was really about kind of giving um, viewers around the world the idea of what it's like. To go to comic to be there, right? Yeah, which is great. Putting them um, right, right in the middle of the action. And as we know, Hall H tends to dominate a lot of the news from Hall H. There's a lot of other stuff going on around, um, you know, sort of bit, you know, big sort of you know, TV shows and TV stars and stuff that are there doing other stuff as well. So that was my focus for this year, um, and also a lot of the parties. I thought Comic Con almost broke me this year. 
<laughs> I genuinely thought you guys I was going stink to of booze. die. I mean, both no, of it was you. just like, I woke up on Monday and because I, I got back on Sunday and I woke up on Monday and I was like, oh my god! I almost cried when I got back to LA at Union Station. I was so happy. I sat in tracks as a cocktail bar around. there. I had a little old fashioned and listened to some jazz. It was so LA. But then Monday I woke up and I was like, this is this is just like still in a bizarre haze. Well, it's got to be tough to do D twenty three and yeah. Comic Con back to back, back to back. Oh, I yeah. mean, they were both big weekends. There's a lot of work involved in those. Um, but there's also when you're, you're if you're in Hall H, it's it's great. You just see certain things in there. You're fundamentally in you know one place. You go onto the floor and stuff like that. But I was walking from different parts of San Diego. I was jumping in Ubers and going to convention centers and this and that and hotels and rooms and hotels. It was relentless for four did, days. Did you guys run into each other at Didn't, all? Didn't. No. no. I don't think we did. No, no, no. Okay. But, um, uh, but were, no, were you recognized at all, like in, in oh. public? I did get recognized. Sometimes because of I this. I saw some pictures, uh, fancy oh. pictures of you, yeah. too. Yeah, they would stop Lauren, they would stop me. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that helps. <laughs> yeah. It, I think it was equal this time, or right? it's supernatural time. She got mobbed. I was getting a little scared. Okay. All uh-huh. right. Sometimes I have to step up and be bodyguard. Okay, y'all got to right. give her room. Um, no, it was great. I. The thing, what people don't get about Comic Con is that it's an emotional. What those fans do, they do out of love mm. down there. It's an emotional experience. No, no shit. Some of them are waiting in line till Tuesday since Tuesday. Yeah, they sleep on the sidewalks. <laughs> so that's why I was so disappointed. Yeah. Like when some on one panel, like you got kids sleeping on sidewalks for two, three days to see like the first look at Deadpool yeah. or Cable, and they don't deliver. That hurts because I, yeah. I feel for those fans, you know. And it's they're emotionally invested. They get into it. They cry. Like I had three staffers never go to Comic Con before. This is the first time. Mm-hmm. My mission. I'm getting getting them. In, I'm getting them into all age. I got them into all age, and they all text me. Oh my god, it's the greatest day of my life. Thank you so much. This is the best day of my life. I, do, I mean, it's, it's cool. Do you guys man. think, just for the, the average fan, is there a better way that Comic-Con could organize things? Okay. Yeah. Comic-Con is making out like bandits, and they had signal jammers all throughout Hall H to prevent the piracy. Mm-hmm. But they need to better invest in their infrastructure. I, from what I understand, the, the, the D23 Wi-Fi was flawless. Everybody yeah. was telling me. At yeah. Comic-Con, I had a jetpack. It was the best thing in Wi-Fi, and it got its ass kicked inside Hall H. They, because they're jamming signal to 7,000 people. The same they have to. Yeah. They have to invest in their infrastructure and have mm. better Wi-Fi. It's ridiculous. And I think getting into Hall H, first of all, I think it's it's kind of... If, if you go to Comic Con and you're going to buy a hotel room, even if you're staying in a shitty motel, it's going to cost you like 200 bucks a night. Yeah. Two, two three hundred. Yeah. So, you're, so you're, you're really looking at, even before you do anything, before you eat anything, before you start anything, before you buy any merchandise, you're looking at about two and a half grand. You're going to spunk up the wall on just basically being there. And if you are one of the people that wants to go to Hall H, you're going to spend a lot of that time, if you're really super devoted, like a super fan, you're going to spend a lot of time sleeping on the streets or under tents just to get in line and be there 25 hours, 36 hours beforehand. What they should do is do ticket lottery. Yeah, they, they have to they do something. They should do ticket lottery. And you should everybody should go into a pot and you should be, be allocated it. And then if people can't take it, they should let more people because in. Because yeah, you just, I, I just foresee like a, a bad situation happening one yeah. year. You know, where somebody doesn't get in or just like, I mean, potentially a riot or a mob down there. You I mean, wouldn't want you wouldn't want to do that down there with all the local and federal agencies. Like yeah. I did a story. out. Oh, there. yeah. That was a really good story. A very interesting story about how uh, different security forces are dressed in costumes. Some of them. Last year, there was a group. There was a SEAL team inside Hall H. Dressed as Ninja Turtles. Ninja right? Turtles and good. Superman. The guy had detail. his gear under. And he, but they were kept. People thought they were just regular congoers, and they would like, hey, take a picture, it's cool. So it was hard for them to blend in. But there was a FBI hostage rescue, uh, FBI uh, anti-terrorism. All right, so big agencies. All right, well, guys, we have to talk, you know, uh, we have to move from the experience to the movies themselves. Now, I uh, covered, I've never been to Comic-Con. I covered it this year uh, in my underwear on my couch. 
Um, you would love it. You got to come down uh, with me, bro. And, and I really feel like I didn't miss that much. I didn't get to see the Infinity War trailer, and I haven't seen the new Black Panther footage that you guys have seen. But other than that, I feel like I pretty much saw everything. So tell me, what was the highlight of Comic Con for you? What stood out, Simon? We're going to start with you. Okay, two things that re- well, two things that stood out for me, and one thing that really pleasantly surprised me, and it was a TV thing. So the two things that I really loved were the, the Blade Runner twenty forty nine um, experience. experience. Yeah, that did. was good. Yeah. It was really good. It, one one thing that what they did was they kept it contained in a large but not too large space. So it wasn't kind of let's try and spread it out over too much of an area, mm-hmm. which meant it was impactful and tight. And how it worked was uh, you would you would get a wristband, you'd go in, they'd scan it, you'd then be, be part of the experience. You would then go through, you would experience part of a VR attraction. There would be a wall that would then rise when the VR experience was, was ended. You would take your VR headset off and right in front of you, there were characters from the Blade Runner world and you enter the Blade Runner in the world. Market. And it was, it was right? so realistic so well done they had characters reacting as if um a replicant was on the loose they would stage fights they would the characters would interact with you it was fantastic absolutely spot on every single did you do that too umberto oh yeah wednesday night that was the first party i went to the blade runner experience at seven and did everything he did it was good food good atmosphere they had actors who wouldn't break character that that, that did look phenomenal i saw photos of phenomenal Um, they then, would not break character. No, and as far as um, presentations, I, I really enjoyed Stranger Things, um, and I got to talk to the cast. And I'm doing some more stuff on that for Forbes in the next few weeks. Um, and also, the thing that really surprised me was another experience, which is right outside the Hard Rock, for a TV show on NBC called Midnight Texas. Okay. Um, it was really well done. It was as good, if not better, than the standard of some of the houses you see at, um, say, the lights of um, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. It was really, really good. I knew very little about the show. Um, I did it just before going to go and talk to the cast and the creators of the show about it. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Talking of Halloween Horror Nights, by the way, Ash vs. Evil Dead has just been announced as one of their new mazes Ooh. this year, which is going to be phenomenal. I hope, um, you, I hope you'll take me to these when you get like a VIP maze yeah. invite, buddy. Yeah, I go there, I'm going there all the time. But no, so those were the three things, I think, which were non-Hall H, which really stood out for me as, as, as high points. Okay, Umberto, what about for you? Wired Cafe, Viceland Party, EW, nah. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> All those little boulevards. It's, it's like an episode of Entourage out there. That's why I love going so much. No, Hall H, it was all about Hall H for me. Yeah. The lack of presentation from Fox was disappointing. We weren't, like, bitching or anything like that. But it was like, again, there were people who slept two days on a sidewalk yeah. to see the first look at Cable and didn't deliver. Right. I understand they have to promote Kingsman. But what stood out to me, the Jared Leto, like, hologram on the Blade Runner, that was cool. Yeah. Justice League panel. Like, the thing that was with me, I sat right in front of all the senior management at Warner's. Mm-hmm. Sujihara, Toby, Sue Crow, Jeff Johns, and Blair Rich were literally right behind me. I didn't care. I was going to fanboy out. The Justice League trailer did it for me, and then Black Panther uh, and Infinity War. That Infinity War footage, I can't yeah. wait to see. Destroyed comic. Yeah, that's what every, everybody says is incredible. It is. Man. I am looking forward to, to laying eyes on that thing. For me, though, from mm. home, I loved the Ready Player One trailer. Yes. Uh, it wasn't quite what I was expecting. I thought that they would sort of set up the story more and introduce the contest and like the the challenge aspect of it. Maybe show Mark Rylance's character. Um, but you know, this was really the money shots. Yeah, they just wanted to show the money shots, and I got to say, they look pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yes. Ready Player One yes. is, is something I'm. I was previously not that interested in. I was curious and kind of intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. I'm really on board. And with what it now what a film. tagline! Are you ready? Oh. I love that. That's Loved great. It. 
Um, we what what things do we learn up at Comic Con? We learned that Michelle Pfeiffer is going to be playing Janet Van Dyne. You yeah. said you were on this, buddy. Oh, dude! So I'm at the Wired Cafe literally an hour before, and dumbass source comes up to me, dude. They're going to make an announcement for Janet Van Dyne. Okay, so dude, come on, do this, bro. Two yeah. sentences and out. No, um, it's somebody cool who has a history with superhero movies. So there's only two candidates I could think of, Kim Basinger and Michelle Pfeiffer. So I told the editors, get this ready, get this ready, get ready to blast. You know, I'm like texting, because literally at Comic-Con Hall, yeah. all you could literally do is text. So I'm texting the desk, and then they go they do the Marvel intro, mm-hmm. and then they recap in the last 10 years, and when they, they turn the camera around, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. This is how you're going to be Janet Von Dyne. In the world. At least we were ready to be one of the first outlets out, because right. I prepped the edit desk. Yeah, you, you did a very good job, and I know you, you were trumpeting. You were out first with a lot of stuff. Flashpoint, let me, baby. Let, let me ask you that. Were you tipped off on Flashpoint? I knew. Come on, dude. You're talking to a fanboy who this is were a you, lifestyle. Were you tipped off? Of course. Oh, be, but, be, because I thought your coverage came really fast, and you had full stories. It was like every, you know, what, yeah. what, who is Flashpoint? They, what asked, is Flashpoint? Me, they asked me not to spoil it. Okay. So what I did was the day before, I, like I like to give scoop clues to my fans and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I tweeted a picture. I tweeted a picture the day before. They lost their, they lost their mind. The minute the the thing came out, we blasted. We were first worldwide in trade and in fanboy, and we had full write ups. Everything we could talk about that. What, what did you make? I mean, did, what did you make the Flashpoint announcement? Are you familiar with that storyline, Simon? Uh, only very vaguely. I mean, I kind of had to get to, to know more about you know the the other characters in Justice League a little bit more because obviously it's going to be a huge movie later this year. Um, from what I hear, I think it's really exciting. I think it's really intriguing. Didn't the show already An do it? An interesting way to take it. They, yes, in the most layman non fanboy yeah. terms. Think of it this way. Flashpoint will be DC's version of Marvel Civil War. They mm. could stick Wonder Woman in there, Batman, or an alternate Batman. They could stick Aquaman. It's a very clever way for them to do the Civil War story with all their heroes, yeah. where basically the Flash, this, he's so fast, he could go back in time, stop the murder of his mother, but he, he sets off events in a timeline that he has to reset, then get back to uh, to the present day, which I think is also really shrewd from a from a selling a movie point of view. Aside from the fact that it's a great it's a great storyline, I think that if you know you've got a couple of popular characters now that are really resonating on their own, as we found with Marvel, when you get like a surprise like an Ant Man or you know Wonder Woman was going to do well, has done phenomenally well. You can use those as really strong selling points for the movie moving forward. When perhaps with things like Justice League, you've got characters like Cyborg that don't perhaps already have that following. And I think if you then go back and forth with these established characters, it's very easy to market. It's very easy to pull people in with them. There were rumors uh, after Flashpoint in the in the wake of the Flashpoint announcement that Jeffrey Dean Morgan that we may see him as Batman Absolutely. because he played Thomas Wayne, right? Yeah, I would count on it. Absolutely, Flashpoint Batman Thomas. I mean, he's played the comedian from before, and you know Warner's always like to work right. with oh, the no, same I people. Oh, no, I could see yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan Absolutely. actually in the cowl. Yeah. I mean, it would be a little bit surprising, but... Uh, the uh, way the movie ends, the way the comic book ends is very cool, and they plan to do that in the movie. If I can uh, just say yeah. a little something for our viewers yeah, here sure. who aren't familiar with Flashpoint, there's a great uh, DC animated film called, uh, I think it's just called The Flashpoint, or Justice League The Flashpoint, mm-hmm. that, go, that covers the grounds of exactly what The Flashpoint was, and I wasn't familiar with it, and so I saw that... Uh, Short, like little film, an animated film, and it really—it's so good. Like the stories. Have you seen that great. one? I know you watch a lot of those I, animated I, oh, movies. I watch them okay. all. But the thing is, like to answer your question, they did a version of it on the TV show, but with the movie Thank now. You, by it way. could. Oh no problem. Uh, uh, in the booth. Oh, sorry. Go on. Go on. In, they uh, they 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 not have the chance to to do the the storyline to do the storyline justice in the movie version. That's why they wanted. Okay. That's why they wanted Zemeckis. Because it's a time travel movie. Mm. Think about it. Ah, so, see? I see. Back to the Flash 
Sure. And they and they still haven't announced a director, and it does seem like Shazam is going before Flashpoint, so maybe they are waiting for Zemeckis to finish up. Yeah, he's uh, doing with Marvel. Marwen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was also news that uh, Wonder Woman 2 yeah. got a release date, although it wasn't at the panel. They announced Wonder Woman 2 at the panel, so they confirmed that it exists. Yeah. Yeah. But then they didn't they didn't say anything about it really, right? Mm-hmm. And then two or three days later mm-hmm. it gets a release date. And then yesterday Variety has a big story about how there's a groundbreaking Oscar campaign in the works. Uh are, were you surprised just by the timing of the release date thing? Like why not give that to fans as a throw a bone to them? Um that should have been made inside Hall H, that announcement. Yeah. I don't know why go down there, make the expenditures that you did to do the panel that you did and just and you know, besides Flash One, ended with the announcement of the, perhaps their biggest character right mm. now in the universe. That confused me a tad. I'm not surprised by the Oscar. I personally think Best Picture nomination for sure, Best Director. You think that Wonder Woman is going to get a Best Picture nomination? I'm not Chris Tapley, but it, my thing is, and that's his beat. But I don't know, honestly, because these voters, you know, they're very pretentious. And the, but I have a feeling there's so much history being made with this one movie that it might happen. But on that topic. What I really think the Academy needs to do, real talk, they need to start considering Kevin Feige for the Thalberg Award. Come on, bro. 12 movies, 19, 19 movies, 12 billion. He's a in. young guy. He's a young... I but mean, look how accomplished he is. He, we're both the same age. He's bro, there's a lot of accomplished people in, in town. Kevin's not bro, the only one. He's got a long time. 12 billion in box office, 19 movies in all successful. That's... And it's for a producer. He exemplifies, and, and he is what that award means. I think they should just give it to him, man. Eventually. I'm sure he will, yeah, maybe 20 years from now. He, right. He's got a long career ahead of him. Yes. I would be very surprised if Wonder Woman gets a Best, yes. best Picture nomination. Me too. Uh, it's a, it's it, a movie that I really enjoyed. I, for it's me, a good movie. It's, it's, it not, it's not there. It's not but at he, that but level. But check this out. This is the, the angle we're not seeing. Their, their ratings are dwindling because nobody's really watching. Every mm-hmm. year, it goes down and down right. and down. If they inclusive of superhero movies... They're going to goose their views up this year. Listen, that, that year. may be true, but yeah. you can't just get 6,000 or 7,000 people to just think that way. I like, also no. think the, the, the viewing figures of the Oscars is, I mean, w- working in TV, I don't think they're really that important. No one is think, filling out the ballot being like, oh, we got to get this show good ratings. Like, I'm going to so vote for Wonder Woman. The Oscars are kind of, you don't even, it's like, it's one of those TV shows where there's so much talk and there's so much stuff around it that few people can actually watch it, but there's this tornado. Right, it and doesn't this, justify This is the, the little hype. bit of the cone, and everything else is the Oscars. I, I, it's all about advertising. It's all about sell, It's all about the talk afterwards. It's more about the editorial than it is about people watching I'll, the show. I'll throw Patty in the race. I'll yeah. throw Patty in, in yeah, the director. Absolutely. I don't think this has a chance at Best Picture. No, no, no that's just not good ten, enough. How many, there's, ten cat- there's ten pictures in the category, right? No, it's up. It's up to ten, and and, yeah. and mathematically, it'll. It's almost impossible to have ten. So you're really you're talking about nine, okay, or or fewer. But um, and there's a whole lot of year left. I mean, you know, yeah. we have the, all the the fall prestige films and stuff. I just, I to me, Logan is such a better comic book movie. If Wonder Woman were to be nominated over Logan, yeah. it would strictly be a political thing. Personal feelings aside, for that director, I think Logan is another one. Oh. Like people, are, no, no, seriously, I'm, yeah, a, yeah. I'm a professional. I remember, I remember. Yeah, no, the movie, the movie is incredible. And that that is is as, is as Oscar worthy, I think, as as Wonder Woman. Absolutely. Before we get off Comic Con, a couple of things. Yeah, um, yeah there's a whole in, bunch in, left. In, in the chat. Um, uh, someone was saying, and this is something that's come up recently. It's one of the first things we talked about on the show today was um, what can they change about Comic Con? And this is something that's an idea that a lot of people have floated. Um, this is from Zeno Hour. San Diego needs to improve the center, or Comic Con should move to L.A. Now, I totally Vegas. understand that. 
Vegas would be a good idea. The thing is that when you look at the footprint of stuff that goes around Comic-Con, the experiences, the kind of... All, all, all the things within the restaurants, the bars, the, the art galleries, yeah, etc. the pop-ups, whatever. The pop-ups. There isn't the footprint. If you, where do you want to put it? If you want to put it at the Anaheim Convention Center, there isn't the footprint around there to make that happen. Physically. You're, and then, aside from if you physically can make those things happen there, you're not going to get the people trapped. You're not going to get the ability to, to skirt the people through it, to snake mm. them through. It's going to be a fucking disaster. Um, <laughs> if you put it in Vegas, you can do it. You, there's a lot of space right, there. Right, that's I mean, designed the to have the, the influx of 50,000 so, yeah, people. So you can handle that. In LA, there'd be no hotel issues in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Staples Center not mm-hmm. going to work. That's going to be downtown again. Problem with footprint. There is nowhere that in LA that you could you could house the people. Surely for the event itself, everything that goes around that, which is the color of Comic Con, which is the flavor of Comic Con outside of what's actually being announced inside the building, there's just not the footprint right now. Should they split it up? Because right now it's, everything is know. sort of like centered around Saturday, right? That's the money day. Yeah, money day, yeah. Uh, you know, should should tickets or passes cost more for Saturday and Sunday than Thursday and Friday, or you know that kind of thing? Uh, I would think so. Or you get to choose between either the Marvel panel or the DC panel. Nah, Saturday is that's all. DC will always open, and Marvel will always close. I, you know, the kids will just go out there for Saturday or the whole con. But comic, the thing is. Comic-Con's beginning to, and the vendors and the, and the hotels are starting to fleece people trying to do business out there. I tried to throw a party with the rap this year, and they, the prices they came at me were astronomical, and I right. couldn't get it's it like off the ground. It's like if you're doing a wedding. People go like, oh, oh can I hire God. a room? It's $1,000. Oh, it's for a wedding. $5,000. Same fucking 15, room. 15000 right. just for a room before yeah. anything inside a venue, okay? Uh, not including food, beverage, or liquor. Yeah. Um, no, it, it was, it's activating theirs. That's why you're seeing so many off-site events. Yeah. You know, and Comic-Con also is starting to... To fleece, I mean, Mile High Comics has been a booth presence at Comic Con for forty four years, mm. and they didn't go back this year because it's like eighteen thousand to rent the floor booth, and they didn't have good traffic right. last year, so it's they pulled out a lot of vendors, comic book vendors. They're right, which is the the lifeblood of exactly. the convention itself. They're starting to they're pull the out people who can't afford to get down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's definitely an interesting the situation. The only way they could do it in LA is if they had the had the event. They either split it over two venues. So, say if it was downtown, they had it in two venues, or if they were doing it in say the Staples Center or something, then you start to use Broadway in downtown LA mm-hmm. and some of the the movie theaters and things like the Ace Hotel. You start to use those as venues for installations, experiences, and stuff like that. I mean, but that's one I have option. a crazy idea. I don't think it's going to work, though. This is how you saw... If it's, it's going to stay in San Diego. They just renewed the lease for another three, four years. This mm. is how you solve the crowd problem with Hall H and Comic-Con. Don't put it in Hall H. Put it inside Petco Park. Petco could see like 40,000, yeah. 50,000. That means everybody could get into Hall H and watch this panel and watch it live on the screens like a concert or something. Mm. I, Petco works with them anyway. They do activations and stuff. They might as well shift their whole age presentation. Maybe you'll see that in the future. I don't to know. To Petco. Literally the only, across the, the street. The only, statistically and logistically, I think that's a really good way of doing I think the only thing that fans would miss from that is the fact that in between you and your seat and there, you've got a lot of grass. You've got a, you've got right, a baseball you're field. You're not up close. Stars. You're not going to be in that front Might as well seat, be watching at home. Seeing the sweat of Tom Hiddleston. Were when you in you, the cage? Uh, Were you in the press cage? Or no. you in the seat in the reserve seat? Is there a cage? In the reserve yeah. seats previously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the ro- like in the front of the stage with the paparazzi photographers. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I've I've always had reserved seats in 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 Hall H. I mean, it's, it's still really close to the front, and it's fine. But it's like you, if you're gonna if you want to be super close, if you want to smell Tom Hiddleston, 
you want to be in that first yeah. bit. You're not going to get that at Petco. I, I mean, you had sci-fi behind you. you yeah. You're the you're the king of Comic-Con. But is it hard to, like, mm. a, a get those reserved seats inside these panels? Like, It depends on who it, you talk Like, are, are the bloggers that we know, yeah. many of the, the bloggers that we know, are they waiting in lines or are they just ushered in? No, uh, I went through Corpcoms, Fox, Marvel, well, DC. Well, that's yeah. for the trades and stuff. And but for like... the websites also. Websites get those too. Okay. Like the fanboy outlets, like the bigger ones at least. Right. Yeah. They okay. get to sit just... in the reserve seating. Like but the also... prime, like, you know, any cool comic book ourselves. Uh-huh. All the big outlets are sitting in the Simon? reserve section. But also, from, if you look at something like sci fi, it's a huge brand. But also, when you've got, when you're covering that for sci fi, I was doing international. There are people from Sci Fi Wire. There were people who were doing the Daily Show with Zach. There are people who are doing separate things for sci fi. There are sci fi independent production things going on. So it's when you're going as sci fi. There's a lot of heads to that Hydra. I see. And then ev- everybody wants a piece of that pie. So then the pie's got to be sliced up. So it's there, it's it's a different kind of beast to going as an it, outlet. Is it team. hard for you guys uh, to party all night and then and then wake up in the morning? Yeah, I'm sure people are curious like about that. Here's the thing, I don't drink really. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and I told Laura she got drunk every night. <laughs> Your videos were great when you crashed in bed. <laughs> she she went and drunk sung a song and Rick Shaw. She had a blast, but I told her, babe, you got to pace yourself. You, you you just got here. We we take it easy because it's all up in bars. It's hosted bars, top shelf liquor, sure. and then uh, but then come Monday everybody's whipped. But I pace myself. I don't know? I don't really drink either. Uh, so yeah. when I go to a festival, I mean I'm out late, but I'm, it's because I'm going to the midnight movies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's it's just what is it's. It's the physicality of Comic Con that I found particularly exhausting. Because, like I say, you know, I was moving around inside, outside. While you're inside, you're trying to shuffle past everyone. You've got a crew with you, and then you're going across the road to the to the bayfront, and then you're going somewhere else. It's it's nonstop. It's relentless. It's relentless. And I was doing like twelve hour shoots, sitting one press line ends, next press line ends, next room ends, next room. Yeah, and it's it's just that. It's not even like the being up late or just the getting up early. Just takes a lot out of you. Yeah, it's and it's when you're trying uh, to move in Comic Con, you've never been there. There's a thing called the Comic Con Shuffle, where you're literally you're like an old person shuffling oh, right, around right, trying right. to get from A to B. No, I got in shape for Comic Con. I did cardio for like a month, <laughs> an hour of cardio in the morning for like a month, getting ready. Physically. I have to do that to go to Sundance because the air is so thin. Oh, it Jesus. is funny though when I go to a festival and I complain about like the wear and tear or, or just being exhausted. My family's like, "Oh, tough life, huh? Seeing five movies today." <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. much sitting down, well, I just I'm, want to stand up. You know? yeah. No, I didn't tweet about this. Stop complaining about Comic-Con. There, there was other stuff uh, you know, still uh, that, that maybe wasn't at Comic-Con, but Comic-Con related. We found out Captain Marvel will not be in Infinity War. Yeah. Right. Uh, is that, does that surprise anybody? No. no I, it's surprising to me because I always thought anyone who's anyone who's ever made an appearance in a Marvel movie would be in, in it, right? In Infinity War. The only way I thought that she would appear in Infinity War was going to be in a post-credit sequence because I don't think they've done enough on it so and that's far a, that's to possible. be able to do it. I mean, let's that's be the only way I think we'll see her in uh, We found out Captain Marvel is going to be set in the 90s yes. as well. And, uh, and what was the other piece of info? It was um, Nick Fury has two eyes. Right, Nick Fury. Exactly. We're going to see Nick Fury uh, without the eye patch. Yeah, we find out why he has the eye patch, I guess. Yeah. That'll, that'll be interesting. The, the first I, I like the idea of the 90s. I mean, to do like a, yeah. a kind of grunge 90s soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. That would be good. Like some Nirvana in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 that better be coming. The you, first appearance of the Skrulls, too. That's a villain that fans have wanted for a long time. Um, right. Again, not Marvel or DC stuff, but there were some other uh, comic book news we saw. Uh, Jared Leto. Yeah. I had it. Entertaining the offer for Bloodshot. Yeah. 
Is this a good idea? It doesn't yes. strike me as a good idea. I, it's a great idea. See, because I, I like the Valiant Universe and I like what those guys are trying to I do. I like Bloodshot. Va- uh, Rothman desperately needs IP and he sees an IP. Yeah, they want to do a whole universe yes. there. Maybe a little ambitious, like, I think. But. Again, at the Wire Cafe, I got I got tipped off that the offer, you know, but you know how sources are. Eh, could you hold it? Because he might not accept or whatever and stuff. So And, and he is... Fickle. I just, yeah. for, yes. you know, having tracked him making certain deals over the last few years since he won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. To me, though, he so since he won the Oscar, he, he's done Suicide Squad. He's in Blade Runner. He's supposed to star in Tron. Yeah. And now he's got the eye for Bloodshot. And there is one more movie, The Outsider, which is going to be on, uh, it may be on Netflix. I'm not sure who has it. Uh, but that's like a Yakuza thing. But I'm, I don't know. I'm just surprised. This guy wins an Oscar and now he's just taking just on these, these huge. Yeah, but like, why? It's not like. He's already a rock star. He, he's been acting since he was a teenager. Like, he has the money. What does he need to cash in for? You'd think it would, that Oscar win would open doors for him to take on the more, like, challenging dramatic performances. But he, he just seems interested in doing these blockbusters. That, I don't even think his personality is technically really you know right what? When, for. He's, when he's made bank, he can do those dramatic things. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do, you know, he can then become a DiCaprio. He can then become a whatever. That's I think that's the plan. He'll get all these blockbusters. He'll get his cachet at the box office. So you can do like Jake Gyllenhaal's done. You know, Jake has done so many movies that were big studio movies. Now he gets to do the tiny movies that aren't really going to make a huge amount of money, but that he's going to really want to do. Robert Pattinson's another really good example. You do these movies that make a shitload of money, and then you can go off and do these Does things. Bloodshot wear a mask? The Bloodshot no basically... Uh, okay, uh, uh, It's like the Spawn. It's a, it's an offshoot of some basically... Which is the other thing we're going to talk spawn. about. Yeah, he's basically uh, a soldier brought back to life and yep. turned into a killing machine. Right. But he's got issues with Universal his memory. Universal soldier, stuff, yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's just a... Robocop. Version. Yeah, ro- ro- I, I just and that's not a complaint. I love <laughs> that shit. I mean, I love. <laughs> I'll watch that I, all day. I read the books, so it's awesome. I was just surprised by by Leto and Bloodshot, and we and again, there's again, no deal yet, right? Uh, we'll, we'll, we will see if that happens. The other thing uh, was a Spawn announcement. Todd McFarlane, the creator of Spawn, was going to direct uh, a movie for Blumhouse. Now, Spawn, the original, one of the worst movies ever made, I think. Uh-huh. So, like, you're looking at me funny. What, no, are, what are you it, arguing it right is, now? It is a terrible movie, but I, oh God, I've got a soft spot for Spawn. It's, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see soundtrack. Spawn, yeah. to see Todd, Todd work with Jason, because Todd is very adamant on his vision. It's practically a horror movie where Spawn's in the background. You barely see the guy. Well, that, That's what I'm saying. This is a can't-lose proposition, I yeah. think, because of Jason Blum, because of Blumhouse and the way that and they, they make, make it movies. Cheap yeah. Exactly. If you make a 5 or $10 million or even a fifteen or twenty million dollar spawn movie, three wow. I mean, three million would be super cheap for a spawn movie. You don't see the goddamn spawn. You barely see him in the movie. I don't know how they're going to market. I'm that. saying his movies are typically five million. Even if you triple the budget, because this is a built in piece of IP, which Blumhouse doesn't often do. Mm-hmm. They tried to do it with Gem, and it didn't really work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at fifteen million, it's, it seems like a decent gamble. Uh, a day before I went to Comic Con, I was very very lucky to invited um, as, as part of the friends and family um, for the Legion M. Um, events, yes, at, yes, at the TCL Chinese yes. Theatre in Hollywood, where Stan Lee was uh, getting his hands and feet put in in cement, uh, and it was an absolute honour to be invited. I was on one side; there was me in the front row on one side. Other side, the front row was Feige. Um, I couldn't go to that man. I had to it, prepare. Was, it was it uh, was Todd. It was uh, God. Uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Everybody was there. Stan Lee was there. Just being so close to that was absolutely amazing. I mean, it, I Stanley almost that. did that. He did the thing to me, and I've got a little lovely picture on my Instagram account at Showbiz Simon. Um, and uh, and I actually went up to Todd because Todd was one of the people there who was speaking. And um, 
I said, oh, I said, oh, you know, I, I, I don't, you don't know me. I said, but I'd, I'd really love you to do another Spawn movie. And he was like, <laughs> and then the next day <laughs> it came out, and I was like, yeah, I'm not saying it's because of me. No, we were all embargoed. We all got the yeah. releases, and we were embargoed. Yeah. But the thing is, I think now is also the time. It's been 25 years now that, I mean, Rob Liefeld wrote a fantastic screenplay about that whole time period, about mm. the founding of Image, how they bolted Marvel and became rock stars at Comic-Con like 25 years ago. Yeah. And I think it's now time, for, I mean, think about it. Deadpool's the biggest IP right now in comic books. That's a Rob Liefeld creation. Todd, McFarlane, Spawn. These guys are still around doing comic books, creating big IP. I think it's time. A, bi- a biopic should be in order. Hulu, if you're listening, mm. reach or Amazon. Reach out to Liefeld and get that script. Um, there, there was more comic book moods. Yeah. We're not even Ooh, done. News, nice. sorry. Nice. Uh, there, there was one big thing that did come out of a Fox-related panel. Mm. Uh, over at the Legion panel, Noah Hawley just like casually tossed off that he's making a Doctor Doom movie. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys? I mean, is this a, a terrible idea? A, an inspired idea? A way for uh, do like Fox your... to hold on to the Fantastic Four rights in a sense because they're still making, you know, they're still using the characters from that universe. Yes, that's what I it d- sounds like to me. It's it's funny. I think uh, when you use the phrase "tossed off," um, I, I just think I uh, know I don't want to see. I think uh, Doctor Doom would just be a wank. I don't want to. I'm not. In, I'm sorry. I'm just not interested. They've completely tarnished that for me. I mean, I'm listen. We all, we, I'm sure we all feel like the Fantastic Four rights should go back to Marvel, and, and so you know we can see what Kevin would do yeah. with them. But they are staying at Fox, uh, supposedly. Um, and so if you have, if you're going to keep them at Fox, if you've made that decision to you know renew the rights, and that means you have to move forward with another movie in that world, mm. I'd rather get a Doctor Doom movie than another Fantastic yeah. Four yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That you know, like I feel like I've seen that before. You know what I mean? Like, at yeah. least this is some way of a, a fresh entry point. But I just don't, as a character, I speak, just... Speak up, I mean... I don't know. I, just, I don't think Sorry, they know Simon. what they're doing over there, man, when it comes to these characters, obviously. But they I nailed mean, Deadpool. Right. And Logan. But, the, but they know what they're doing with their mutant universe. Don't get me right. wrong. But I don't... I think they, they're having great difficulty trying to figure out trying to figure out the Fantastic Four and that character. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't... Doctor, what are you going to do? A Doctor Doom Begins movie? You know, right. like before, how he became Doctor Doom or... And there are other rumors about maybe doing a movie about the kids, too. Those, have you heard those rumors? The kids. Like mean... like Reed's kid? Oh. Or something? Kid Fantastic. Right, what were you to me, say? That, that's just a reach. I mean, the thing is yeah. that when you've got a character like Deadpool, the reason they got it wrong first time around was they missed the IP of Deadpool. They missed what the character was. They got it completely wrong. And the when they got it right was because they got the IP of Deadpool and they put that Deadpool out there. Doctor Doom doesn't have an alternative IP. He's a villain. You can do the origin story, but I don't think people are invested in the in the end of the journey to want to even start going but, on that trip. I just don't thing, know. The thing is, Deadpool is the most popular character in the Marvel comics right now. That's the irony, that Marvel does not own the character that's most popular in the comics right now. Mm-hmm. It's him. Um... Yeah. All right, there's one more comic book related item I want to move on to before we get Simon's cool. box office okay. report, and that's the the uh, the, the Mashable story uh, about you know Zack Snyder and Justice League and Dave mm. Dare. This got a lot of play online. I didn't really see what the news was. No one really said that Zack Snyder was going to be that involved in the DC universe going forward. Obviously, a, a terrible tragedy has struck his family, mm-hmm. and and Joss Whedon has taken over on Justice League. I'm just <laughs> not. Th- this this was positioned as like this big reveal, and I just don't get it. I don't get the David Ayer thing either because, yes, got, you know, he was 
announces developing Gotham City Sirens, which was, uh, you know, suspiciously absent mm. from the titles that were flashed uh, at the Wasn't DC panel, right? right? But it, it's just a development title. And, and again, I think that there is some bad blood there with Warner Brothers and what happened with Bright. Bright, well, the Will Smith Squad. movie, and David, uh, that movie was, a, was in Warner Brothers' hands, and it right. just slipped through their fingers and went to Netflix. Mm. And now it's being positioned as this game changer for you know Warner Brothers arrival at Warner Brothers and I do think that there is some ling- and a lingering issue there with Ayer and Warner Brothers even though Gotham City Sirens was announced obviously after you know see that. who broke that Boris I think Boris, Boris broke a lot of the of the spin-offs of the Batman universe yes he did right so the thing is from my understanding there DC's concentrating first on the initial seven members of the Justice League let's get the Wonder Woman movie the Matt, the, the Batman movie the Flash movie let's get all these uh, the oh, Green seven, wait I was like who's the seventh person Green, Green Lantern? Lantern okay yeah. uh, Green Lantern so let's get Let's get all these characters up, and then we'll worry about the spin-offs like Nightwing and, and Gotham City Sirens and stuff. Uh, here's a here's a cool tip. Uh, got see people it, the lack of attention to detail. Oh, they're developing a Harley Quinn and uh, Joker team up movie. Uh, no, they're not because that's the Gotham City Sirens movie. The Gotham mm-hmm. City Gotham City Sirens is basically Harley and Joker teaming up, not separate. They're both the same thing. But um, no, it's David Ayer, man. It's it's a comp- like he has bad blood with the studio there. I don't. I'm pretty sure they'll develop it, and it will probably be a post 2020 title. But I don't see him directing unless it's a different administration, right? You know. Um, okay, I, I just thought that that was interesting the way that that story sort of got blown up because I, I, it was like anything it on didn't DC come as a surprise. Up. Yeah. Um, okay, Simon, why don't you? Uh, there's like 15 minutes left in the show, so yep. why don't you give us the, the box office update? Okay, so only two major releases really this weekend: um, Atomic Blonde and the Emoji Movie. Um, previews last night for Atomic Blonde: 1.5 million. Um, Emoji Movie: 900,000. Emoji Movie, I think, is currently still zero percent. It is the worst reviewed film of the year, I believe. Oh my god! I think it's still going to win the weekend over Atomic well, Blonde. This is, the, this is the weird thing because the weekend it's looking at Atomic Blonde is around 20 million. But Emoji Movie apparently Sony saying twenty million. Other studios are thinking it's going to come in at around thirty million. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't get what I don't get the appeal of the Emoji Movie. Obviously, that I'm not really the target market for that. But I, I it, it kind of upsets me when Atomic Blonde that is getting good reviews, um, or at worst middling reviews, mm-hmm. is going to lose out by potentially ten million to a, a movie that is just. Like, yeah, but I mean, you know, the, the, the kids. The kids are driving the, the business for no, Emoji Movie. Yeah. Which is um, why... Oh, is it, well, I pulled up the tracking, and Atomic yeah. Blonde's got an 8% first choice, and Emoji's got a 7% first choice. It's literally neck and neck. So, well, uh, how many kids are being pulled, though, for for tracking and that yeah. kind of thing? But it's, I mean, I, uh, yeah, so it's looking like Atomic Blonde is, is going to fall behind Emoji Movie. Uh, I, I, neither of them will. I mean, it's going to be tight. I think with Dunkirk this weekend. I mean, it did. Really Dunkirk, stop. I think, will be in the middle. of It those was a fifty point five opening weekend, and he did seventy something for right. the whole week. We'll see what the the hold yeah, is. I, I saw Dunkirk yesterday. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Did you um, like it? Yeah, I did. I mean, I liked it as a. I, I really enjoyed it as a movie. Um, I thought it was brilliant. I thought the cinematography was excellent. I loved the the, the the talent. I thought they did a fantastic job. I liked the script. I didn't think it was over-egged of Christopher Nolan's movies. It's one of my favorite. It was one of the most cohesive. It didn't feel like he tagged on anything at the end. It, it felt like a really solid movie. Mm. Um, it really affected me. I was in tears by the end of it. Within an hour of leaving the theater, 
it, it didn't have that same effect on me. It didn't me. stay it with you. It just didn't stay with that's me. That's what I, most people I've talked to said. It, it just didn't stir them. It's a brilliant technical yeah. exercise. Great in a, in exercise a in wonderful, Yes, a wonderful Great achievement. Um, and, and, you know, I, I certainly respect Christopher Nolan as, as a director, mm. but... Yeah, people have come, have have said this criticism is bullshit, but it's a hundred percent true. His, his films just lack emotion; they just do. And, and he maybe he's just that kind of guy. He also clearly has some kind of hearing problem. I mean, everyone I've talked to says I can't understand the dialogue to this movie. There were several several little nuggets of dialogue that I was like, no, missed it. I mean, it, this missed is it. like the third or fourth film that the complaint. No one else's complains about yeah. sound or dialogue in any other movie. This has been three or four Nolan movies in a row. Although there were people, uh, there were people who saw the artist and then came out of the theater and complained that there was uh, there was no talking in it. <laughs> that, that actually happened. It but happened in the UK. Dunkirk also has uh, another achievement: the most nail bites. I mean, dude, you were like chewed your hands off. Next, I was sitting next to this guy and he yeah. chewed his hands off at the screening. Yeah, like he was either nervous it, or it had me on the edge of my seat. I yeah. I was totally into the movie. Uh-huh. It just didn't move me. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it it moved me when I was in there. But I left and I got. I got back to... I was working from home yesterday, and I was just like, it just... I will look back on it as a great movie, but there are other movies I've seen this year, like Logan, Big Sick, Get Out, that I just think about, and I'm like, oh, it still affects me. Dunkirk, great exercise in filmmaking. Do I think it'll win Oscars? I think it will win Oscars. I think it'll be certainly... Technical? Like, below the line Technical. Again, another movie. Best movie? Uh, I mean, it'll probably... It might be in there. I, I, it, I would it, say it could be a, in there, absolutely. 50, probably 55% chance of being in there. Do I think it'll win? I don't know. I think there I are think better it has a shot at winning. movies. It's, it's th- the same year. argument as the, the Gravity 12 Years a Slave. Anything that is remotely close to 12 Years a Slave, just in terms of sheer emotion, yeah. is going to beat out the Gravity, the technical achievement, etc. Um, and there are other Chris Nolan movies that have stayed with me far longer. You know, what, I, what is his best lo- movie? Do you have a favorite Chris Nolan movie? following man really that's when i was in my indie days and stuff and working on indie movies and this guy pulled together a hell of a structure you don't love the dark knight i don't like this of course it's the best comic book movie to date but i hate the goddamn suit in his Nolan in the nolan movies compared to what we have now the what the, the batman what? suit oh, the suit I, yeah that the, Being the a suit fan does boy. not ruin dark knight for the me suit, the, the, the dark knight is his best movie yeah it is an all-time dark knight or prestige yeah. for me I, so I, I rewatched the Versus after Dunkirk. I went home and literally Batman Begins as well. Yeah, I see, I'm, I'm not a Begins guy. No, I'm I'm a I wasn't Begins a massive guy. fan Rush of Begins. I'm a huge Denny O'Neill Rush. But, but you like, but you like Dunkirk? Yeah, I liked. I love the dog fighting. I was rooting like, get him, get him, come on. Yeah, that that shit was cool. Uh, yeah. and hopefully I was rooting Top Gun takes some visual cues from that because I I, th- mm. I thought that the aerial battles in Dunkirk were great. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see either of the new releases, Atomic Blonde or Emoji I, Movie? I haven't. It, there was a screening on Monday for Atomic Blonde. There was some while I was away, but um, I just didn't have the time to see. I'll probably pay to see it this weekend. I was too tired. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. Monday's a, a catch up on sleep day for you guys. I saw uh, Atomic Blonde on Monday night, and I, I it's a fun movie. It's sexy. It's entertaining. But I just found the story very convoluted and preferred something like John Wick 2. There's the simple elegance where it's like, listen, we know there's not much story here, but you're going to see Keanu kill a lot of fucking people. This kind of tried to be like, no, we have a story. We have something else going on besides the ass kicking. No, you don't. It didn't really work for me. Um, Anything else to add on the box office front? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, We'll move on. Big story this week. Um, Anne Hathaway is going to play... 
uh, or is in negotiations to play Barbie. This is a story that myself and the other trades had been holding for months, if I tell you. Months. And then Richard Rushfield, who's uh, the Ankler newsletter I've told you all to subscribe to, Mm -hmm. he put it in his newsletter. And as soon as I saw it in there... I called Sony. I said, listen, I'm posting. And they were like, it's not done. It's like still premature. Please don't. And I'm like, ah, the, the cat's out of the bag. The, at that point, the cat is out of the bag. And the cat was on, honestly halfway out of the bag already because that Amy Pascal New York Times interview in which she said there's an Oscar-winning actress in negotiations. I, I almost posted then and there. Um, but yeah, that, you know that that's that tricky line where it's like, oh, uh, you, you know, you, you hold a story and then here's Rushfield who... You know, is not in touch with CorpCon. He's not checking his scoops. You know, with the studio. I miss but those days. That's the upside of exactly. That's the upside of not playing ball. Uh, is you just kind of get to trust your sources. Mm. I miss the cowboy days of Latino Review and running. My I own miss site, them man. too for you like, on your I, behalf, honestly. Like, no, I get a scoop good enough to run. Now it's like I being a trade reporter now officially for a year as of Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. It's a different. It's a. It's a different hustle. But I feel like it's like us asking permission to run a goddamn story. Yeah, there's I, definitely like, that feeling, and there's always spin involved, you know. So it's yeah, like, that's been the biggest that feeling. That's been the biggest education so far. But I miss the cowboy days. You tell me a scoop. All right, cool. Let's run it. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, did you guys see the Chris Pine news this week? That's pretty cool. What Chris the Pine doing a, doing a we, TNT series with Patty Jenkins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a big deal. Mm, yeah, and, and same thing with yesterday. Jenna yeah. Aniston and Reese Witherspoon doing TV. It's crazy. She brings something out of Chris Pine that Man. very few directors have actually managed to. There's something he was really good. In there. there is something between those two that just clicks, and I like it because I like Chris Pine, but he often doesn't bring it. He oh. looks good, but doesn't bring it when it comes to performance. But I wonder how they're going to bring him back for the sequel. That's going to be. They'll find See, a way. That, 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 that's what I think. I joked I mean, with him about that at D twenty three, but they have um, the option on him. Yeah. Um, okay. What else? Uh, we have like five or five or seven minutes. Left okay. Can show, we talk to, uh, very briefly about a couple of things? Yes. Um, IMAX is looking to start oh. ditching three uh, D. Yeah, thank God. Uh, which I'm not surprised about at all. I think the 3D bubble has burst. I think yep. a lot of movies that either are shot in 3D or retrofitted 3D just don't look good enough. Do you want to go away completely? Because I-, I would still do 3D for something like Valerian or the Avatar sequels. In general, I hate it. It fucks with my eyes. My I get a headache make watching it, sure, 3D. Make it special. But there was a time, like 18 months ago, where everything was coming right. out in 3D and 2D. Films that didn't need 3D. I could do two or three films a year in 3D. Yeah. Are you a fan of it or no? Avatar, yes. Non-Avatar, no. Right. I, I saw um, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming in 3D and 2D. Way better in 2D. Yeah. Yes. I, I always, and when you I, think I, that was a film that would suit 3D, it, no, it didn't. When it they give you terrible. the option sometimes, yeah. when you get to the screening, they're like, do you want 2D or 3D? It's not even uh, a no. choice. All right. We, we almost missed the biggest news of the week, uh, which we have four minutes to talk about. James Bond. Yeah. yeah. James Bond yeah, 25. Yeah, yeah. So Deadline drops a list of contenders. Yeah. Uh, David McKenzie, who did Hell or High Water, mm-hmm. Jan Demange, who has White Boy Rick coming up with Matthew McConaughey. Both yep. of those guys did Jack O'Connell thrillers, 71 and Start Up, which, which, awesome. put, yeah, which put uh, him on the map. And then Denis uh, Villeneuve is also in the mix, yep. uh, coming off of Blade Runner. An hour later, Kroll chimes in. Uh, big story of variety. And he says that Jan Demange actually has the edge and is the front runner to get this job. Mm. And sure enough, Deadline updates a half an hour after that. So it looks like Jan Demange could be the guy. Is this a good thing? Do you wish it was one of the other two? Do you wish it was somebody else? Last few minutes of the show, you go for it. Uh, I think Venue, that's how you say his v- name? Vianu. Vianu. Denis. Yeah, no, I think, I, I mean, considering he's on a hot streak right now, 
I would like to see him take a tackle at uh, of James Bond. But it's the dichotomy between Deadline Variety, like they go back and forth, is always interesting to me. But I, hey, if White Boy, the director of White Boy Rick, is a contender, so be it. They have to have seen that movie. They have to have seen an early cut if they, if they are going with him because yeah. you can't, you wouldn't just give him the job off of startup. I don't think. No, no way. Um, Simon, uh, out of the two, I mean, I would probably Denis or or Mackenzie. I'd really love because I loved Hello High Water. I thought that was especially good. And for a film that, well, of that budget to be mm-hmm. so dramatically impactful and visually impactful, I think it would make really good sense given if you gave him a huge budget to do something, it would really be well spent. Um, Denis, I just love his films. I think the dramatic pace of his films is absolutely spot on. Um, even if I don't love the films overall, I think he would do an amazing... And he could do big set pieces. We have a big <coughs> sample size. And obviously Blade yeah. Runner looks gorgeous. We have yeah. no idea if it's going to be a good movie or so, not. Could be a disaster. Scale and content would but be it looks brilliant gorgeous. and can really really connect with talent. Um, Yandermosh, if that is the lead, if he is the lead, sure. Did you see 71? Yeah, I did. I loved it. I yeah, really enjoyed it's really it. Good, the thing really is, tense. a lot of people didn't. And uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a huge hit. It was it was a hit, but it wasn't a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. But I mean, I'm always open to to see these smaller directors in terms of Hollywood get a project like this. We've been burnt like that with Bond before, and I'm just a little bit nervous that the, the franchise couldn't take another film that's not quite good. Is there anyone else who you wish was getting a chance to sort of give Daniel Craig his goodbye? And it does look like he is coming back. The New York Times itself yeah. posted a story that definitively left no room. You know, for, for argument, oh, I, I would I chase that story when yeah. MGM Corp comes. I mean, it was obvious. It was obvious. Yeah. Daniel Craig was coming back. Yeah, see, no comment from CAA. Crow actually joked at his wedding. <laughs> oh man! While, while he had Boris and I seated, like you know, he was like, uh, "By the way, James, James, uh, Daniel Craig's back as James Bond." But uh, for a lot of money, a lot of fu money for what I'm here. You see, off the off oh, the, I'm sure off the back million. of things like uh, Man from Uncle, I would love to see. Guy Ritchie, but off the back of things like King Arthur, I think that's never, we're not going to see that now. I just think that whole Britishness bringing another British director to the table uh-huh. would have been superb, but that's not going to happen. It, w- it won't be Nolan, right? I wish. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I don't okay. care, off, the, off the strength of Dunkirk, I think, again, going back to the point of it looking amazing, being a masterclass in filmmaking, but just not holding with you long enough, I, I don't. We, we've got to wrap it up, yeah. but uh, unfortunately, uh, so I did not get to rant about Detroit, which I saw last night and was disappointed by. Uh, but, uh, Umberto, tell the good folks where we can find you. You can find me on Twitter at ElMayimbe, at, at TheRap.com, and HeroicHollywood.com. All right. Simon? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ShowbizSimon, and you can find me on Facebook. This is Simon Thompson. And I'm Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of The Tracking Board, tracking-board.com. we got Drew McWeenie reviewing for us now, so check out those reviews each week. Uh, that'll do it for Meet the Movie Press. Yeah. You can watch the Popcorn Talk Network. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe. All that good stuff. Dave Scooper himself, guys. Hope you enjoyed the post-Comic-Con episode. Next week, we'll talk to you. Peace. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the owners or principals.